This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by WPBoost.net. If you care about speed and conversion and SEO of your website or your clients' websites, then you better check out WPBoost.net. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz. My guest today is Fred Dust. He's a former senior partner for the design firm IDEO and founder of Making Conversation, a designer, an author, educator, consultant, trustee, and advisor to social and business leaders. And we're going to talk about his new book today called Making Conversation, Seven Essential Elements of Meaningful Communication. So, Fred, thanks for joining me. John, thank you very much. And first of all, you pronounced IDEO right, and you didn't say Fred Durst. So you're like, you're, you're ace yeah. as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, there's, there, there's no O in there. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, I, there's no no R in there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. whatever. It's, <laughs> you, you did really well. well thank you. I, you know, I have a lot of consonants in my last name. And so frankly, I'm, you know, I'm sensitive, I guess, to that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's true. When they're, when they're stacked up like that, it, it can get pretty complex. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. So you, how does one become a conversational designer? I think it's somewhere in the book I read that, that you kind of sometimes go by that idea of designing conversations. I mean, how does how does somebody get that gig? Yeah. And well, to, to be honest, you know, I, I, I call it making conversation because I, I want to kind of really stress to our like the the people I talk to that we're all makers. Right. So we, we can we can all make something. We, we, not, we may not believe it, but you probably made your bed or, you know, it's like it's like a lot. A lot of your listeners are often the makers as well. So people who are like who are running small businesses are all. You bet. And so I, I want to just sort of stress one thing, which is that that we are we've been making conversation pretty well for most of human history. Um, and it's just that often that story doesn't get told because it's more interesting for news and it's more interesting for, you know, politicians to basically say we're divided, that we can't. So that's, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a caveat. That said, I've been pretty lucky because one most of my work in the realm of design, and at least in the last kind of like 10, 15 years has really been in the design of, working with governments. Like I, I, I worked with CFPB and Elizabeth Warren when she, when she was there, I, I, I worked, I got to, to advise on innovation with the white house, never met Obama, but got to do some other stuff around that and, and large philanthropies, nonprofits, um, as well as business leaders, big, big, and when possible, small. And so what's interesting is that when I left, which was right in 2016, and it was because the last work I was doing was with the surgeon general, who was focusing on the new Surgeon General, who is also the old Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy, and yeah. on isolation and loneliness in America, um, we were working a lot on dialogue formats. So he was going to launch that, mm -hmm. and I was working on how to kind of have conversations that could be cathartic and community building at the same time. And when I left, I was like, maybe I should write a book on this. And turns out there was a book in it. So, and it's it's been it's been interesting because you know he, he he had a book out in the spring, which is about isolation and loneliness. So I feel like it's been kind of call and answer a little bit. So, so are you familiar with the book Sapiens? Um, yeah. Kind of a big, big book a few years ago. And uh, I do recall, um, you know, a pretty good chunk of that talking about the, um, the art of conversation, you know, playing a role in the development of us as species and certainly a, as culture. Um, so it, it, you reference the fact that it's been around forever. Um, so talk a little bit about, you know, 
how that became a differentiator, I guess, for us. Yeah, well, John, that's a great example because he, as, as you know, he he talks a lot about interspecial connection and, and yeah. or enslavement, you know, depending depending on, on what's there. And what's interesting for me is that um, if you if you go back to even pre-verbal communication, right? And 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 one one thing you should just know is that all the literature that says oh preliterate societies don't didn't have love and things like that that's that's all been disproven like it's like it's like yeah. so so right now we we know that 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 love and mourning has existed for 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 you know millennia um it just didn't have poetry that's yeah exactly <laughs> like, who knows? they they might have had some some other form yeah. but what, what's interesting is that um even preferable preverbal it was like hand signals and communicating with canines that allowed us to be predators. You know, it was, it was, it was the ability to communicate with bovines as a, as yeah. from, from, from bovina that hel- helped us be harvesters and farmers. And so in fact, we, we've, we really have been in conversation, not just with ourselves, but interspecially um, uh, for as long as we've existed. Like conversation isn't always what we think it is, but we're, we're going meta, John, yeah. <laughs> right off the bat, but yeah, I love yeah, it. No. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. I think it's a fascinating topic. But so, in in doing research for, for actually my last book, I dove into a lot of mid nineteenth century literature, and um, a great deal of, of of that literature was actually letters. I mean, people wrote letters to each other, and they bound them up in books, right? And I was taken by just like, wow, they could write a letter, you know? <laughs> I mean, now it's like emoji, emoji, you know, text, right? And and so, have we gotten bad? At conversation, like did did people at some point in time used to be really good at it? And now we're not very good at it. Well, I, I think I think there's there's two stories to that. I mean, yes, and and as you know from the book, like I I believe I, I actually don't tie that to our current technologies. I don't tie that to our phone. I, I tie that really tightly to television and the introduction of television mm-hmm. into our dinner tables, right? Where suddenly the kind of one of the most fundamental conversations of our lives was interrupted and hosted by television hosts, you know, it's like the 1950 to 1954 was like a period of rapid innovation in the, in the realm of television. Cause they just wanted, they wanted it. And then putting politics onto television, not so great. Right. And then when we started putting televisions in our bedrooms, so that it was the first thing, politics was the first thing we were seeing in the morning, last thing at night, you know, it, that's, first of all, that's not that great for a relationship, John. Like, it's like to, 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 to sure. do that. So, so I, I think it's, it's been, it's been eroded. That said, I also feel like we're relentlessly telling the story of conversations that fail. And one of the things I believe we need to be doing, and I think John, you do this really well is, is be like, no, there are many conversations that, that succeed. You know, it's like you, you, you do this all the time. I, we, I do it all the time. Many of your, I mean, many of your, audience members are having conversations with their local communities, you know, in really interesting ways, like, or, 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 or the cornerstone of conversations yeah. for their local communities. So, um, so it's happening all the time. We just, we just have, we, we choose to believe it doesn't. So um, it's hard not to talk about any subject right now and not have it colored by what's going on in the world. Uh, we were recording this at the end of 2020. Um, so I talked about a little bit, have we gotten bad at it? You, you know, do you sense, um, a sort of nostalgic return <laughs> to wanting to to have those, you know, at a deeper level, partly caused by just sort of the tsunami. I, I well, first of all, if if it's it, whatever it is, nostalgic, or whatever, like yeah, I mean, yes, I mean, I, I think I think it's a really wonderful thing, and and I'll just give you a little like I have a 
friend who owns the Andes Hotel, which is a, a small hotel um, in in a, in a town just just a little bit um, below us. And my book launch party was him, the woman who runs the wine store, my husband and I on the front deck, like in the snow, toasting each other from six feet. <laughs> you know, you know. And so, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and it was, it was one of the best book launches I could ever imagine. Cause it was just like, it was this really lovely, intimate conversation. And we were all talking about how we can kind of support the local businesses and support them. And so it was, yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a joy. So, and, yeah. and yeah, I, I think we're really looking for those things right now. Um, and, I, and, who knows? Maybe, maybe it's a gift that we we kind of have learned to really hanker for 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 making conversation. So, so this is a really cliche question. I don't ask it of authors very often, but I'm I'm curious if there's kind of a goal. What do you want people to do more of or do a better job at because they read your book? Yeah, I mean, well, so first of all, I, I want them I want them to think about conversation as a creative act or at least an act of making, right? So the, the, the goal is to think like, oh, this is not just something that happens that, that, you know, you wouldn't just, you know, do a dinner party and not make a plan, right? Like it's like you, you wouldn't build a marketing plan without a plan, right? And so the hard conversations, and these aren't all conversations, John, but the really hard ones, often the ones that are about bridging difference and bridging divide, or, or it can be sometimes like, employees, you know, it's like, it's like, how do, how do you talk to your wait staff or how do you, you know, it's like a bunch of different kinds of ways to think about it, um, about really hard decisions and um, should be well-planned and, and, and not kind of just like sprung on people. Like it's like conversations don't happen. They're made. And so that at the most fundamental is what I'd, I'd like people to learn. I, I guess at the meta, I would like for us to be telling more and more stories of how people have made good conversations in the world. I think that's really needed right now. And you, um, throughout the book, uh, equip people with, I'm going to call them your seven C's um, of, uh, you know, various practices. You want to unpack a couple. I mean, we don't want to need to, we don't have time to share the whole book, but you want (laughs) to maybe pick your, your favorite one or two C's. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like there's seven C's and, you know, it's, it is a business book, so it has to happen, but I I do want to, I want to let like your people know that what's interesting is that, it is. It, it seems like a business book and a methodology, but it's really an approach. What I want it to be is sort of a form of inspiration for you, John, or for anyone. You don't need. You don't need help to kind of think about how they could actually make conversations. So I really encourage people to oh, kind of adopt I, it. I, I need plenty of help. So thank you, but, <laughs> but it's not true. That doesn't seem like it from listening to your podcast. But um, um, uh, but I, I will say that um, uh, one of my favorites. Let's just let's let's go wild card. One that I haven't really talked about that much is um, is clarity. So the third, if I remember correctly, the third C in the book is basically um, is are, are we being clear with each other and 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 the terms. And just so you know, John, originally that chapter was called Talk Normal, um, which is even clearer, I think, than clarity. But yeah, 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 but, yeah. But, but it did start with C. Yeah, ever and you know, I be honest, my publisher, my publisher was like, I really want C's, and I'm like, oh, okay, okay, great, I'll, I'll give you C's. Yeah. I, can, I can do that. You gave me a lot. So, um, but but what's interesting is that often terminologies that we use, and this happens in marketing, this happens in business speak. Like often the language we use can actually be situation. It can be um, situation like can can be unclear for others. And I would imagine even with some of your small businesses that are kind of like startups and like kind of like local the language of business and the language of marketing may not be familiar to them so like they have to learn whole new languages to make that happen and so i often get people to say like can you say it 
like I'm really like in the dumbest way possible. And by that, by, I want to say dumb is smart in my book, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. it's like, and so, and, and, and that really helps. That said, if you're in a pro context and in like, so like if you're a doctor talking to another doctor, like don't talk dumb. Like it's yeah. it's like we, we we need smart there. Like that's that's really important. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, that, I, I mean that that's the kind of principle around clarity, which is like kind of get as simple as possible as you can. And then I think something that really I think would be important for a lot of your listeners um, is I really believe in naming things. Like so, naming mm-hmm. the things that matter. And I'm I'm sure that that really it, we so I'll, I'll give you an example. One of my favorite small businesses in Bavina right now is Isolation Proof Gin. And it, it, it's a small business that, that came up during the pandemic and they were like, oh yeah, we were doing this, but let's now, let, let's instead make gin. And, um, and so we, I'm sending it to everyone as, as thank you gifts this year. And, you know, that's a good name, right? It's like, like I, I, it's, it's called Bovina Spirits is the name of the business. And then it's isolation proof um, gin, which, which really kind of, first of all, you know, it, it, it's 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 clever, but it also kind of ties you right to where the moment is. Like you'll like yeah. you'll always know when it came from, right? Yeah. So yeah. so I, I so so you know get get clever. It it should be fun and 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 it should be engaging and and it should be catchy. Like I promise you, you you won't remember, you won't forget isolation proof gin. Like I I don't think at least. And that yeah, 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 yeah. The guy, the guy who owns that business, Jake, is awesome. He's a, he's a, he's a really good marketer. He's probably more of a marketer than a gin maker, but his gin is exceptional. So, yeah, well, that's good. That's good. So I'll tell you that I'll pick uh, since you picked clarity. I'm going to pick um, and I actually just wrote listening, but I think it's creative listening is the C part of that. That's the one I actually find the hardest. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm surprised you say that because like that's what you do. Like it's like you know. <laughs> You're you're right. You're right. It in a lot of ways it is what I do, but it it I I, I now you've challenged me, so now I have to think about why that is. Um, and I think a lot of it is um, when I'm doing this, I'm actively engaged in the process. But right. you know, there might be times when I am talking to somebody in not such an active way, and I you know I just really want them to be over, so I can say what I want to say. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, and I think that that probably we probably get sort of we form that habit, don't we? Sometimes that we we do. And and John, I think I think it's 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 a great point. And I, and and I'm I'm joking a little bit, but I, I will say it's like you know in your in this job, like, and I'm sure as you're writing and doing your research, like it's like you're writing, you're doing that to learn. You know, you're so so listening. You listen with a way that kind of feels like it's kind of joyful, and you're kind of engaged in a different way. And the problem for us is like, and this is really true in the business context, is often the way we speak about listening is as though it's a super chore. So it's like the boss basically says, okay, I'm going to give everybody a good listening to like, which is like, it sounds punitive. Like, <laughs> oh, oh great. The boss is going to listen to me. Like, I like, yeah, I, yeah. like how, how far yeah. can I run? Right. And, and so it's like, <laughs> a, um, so, and, or, or, or the mayor, it's like, like I've talked to somebody who's a campaign manager for a mayor who basically was like, well, he, well, he had no choice, but just to listen to people and what they said and take it. And I, I was like, well, that's not, that's not listening. That's just like enduring. And so I, I want us to think about like, and, and and often management techniques will teach you about active listening, which is just kind of nodding and saying, yeah, go yeah. on. And that, that's not really listening. And so, especially in small businesses, you need to be listening to your customers. You need to be listening to your employees. It's like, you know, 
one of the best marketing things you can do is kind of being in conversation with your your customers. Like that's that's why people want to come to small businesses. You know, that's it's 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 kind of center to it. And I will say one other thing because right now I'm a small business. When I'm when I'm promoting my book. I'm relentlessly promoting other small businesses, right? So it's like, so I, like I, I, I'm giving it to all the different small businesses in my community and I'm like promoting them. So like being in conversation and, and being in with other businesses can really help. Does that make yeah, sense? it's interesting. We do a lot of research. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And I, I was going to say, uh, to validate that, we do a lot of research trying to help people get to a core message, you know, for, for their marketing. And it's never about the product or the service, you know. I mean, what we, we interview their customers. We look at their Google reviews. And time and time again, we show them, they say you show up when you say you're going to. And that you clean up the job site. You know, it's like, that's the stuff they care about. That's oh, the that's, stuff you should be talking about. That's so <laughs> right. That's like, it's so right. And, you know, it's interesting. Like, I'm, do, I'm doing these little WhatsApp um, content pieces right now that, that, that are going to be coming out soon. And what's interesting about it is that I, um, I really, I want to do one on how to talk to service people. Like it's like so how to how to treat service people like they're humans and yeah. not just some machine that's that's like cleaning your house or cleaning like your 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 waste site or whatever those things are and I re- I really I think it's something that we we as consumers have to be good at like is like is is treating the people who are who do service work like like they're also human because by the way they're human <laughs> it's like so so yeah it, it, go, it goes yeah. two ways on that one. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. The website has become the hub of your business. But if that website loads slowly, people, visitors, they won't tolerate that. And guess what? Neither will Google. It's become an increasingly important factor in ranking your websites, how fast your site loads. If you want to find out if you've got an issue with this, if you want to find out how to fix this, check out WPBoost.net and see if they can help you identify how to make your site load faster. That's WPBoost.net. So I have two more things I want to cover. So, you know, the topic of authenticity has been, you know, just so batted around in marketing circles, probably for the last decade, really, Um, you know, because with social media, all of a sudden it's like, hey, we could put our hair down and, you know, look like who we really are. Um, But I think it I think the opposite of that sometimes happens is it gives people the opportunity to be who they're really not or who they want you, who they you know, that's like when you talk about using all this jargon and complex language, a lot of that's because we're trying to sound like something. Yeah. Uh, so so I really this idea of clarity, you know, really rings a bell uh, for, for me, because I think that's if, if you're willing to do that, that's how you're going to be authentic. Oh, my God. I, I can I just tell you a funny thing. I like I remember um, not so long ago I was in Melbourne, Melbourne, like a, maybe a year and a half ago doing a a lecture to to travel executives and these two amazing russian travel workers um came up to me at a party and they were like oh we just looked at your instagram you have the perfect lifestyle and and i was like i was like it's not a lifestyle it's a life <laughs> and and it's it really is it's it's a life and so i i would say you know i encourage i encourage showing where you are showing who you are as a human like it's like i i think i think you'll be happier you know it's like it's like the 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 world will be happier they'll identify with you in a different way and so i you know my instagram is it's still my dog 
it's still it's still like a, a a good meal you know it's like yeah it's probably tagged in some way to my book in one way or another but but it's like it's still it's still me it hasn't changed in any way so uh let's uh end up with another sort of moment in time question um how does digital communication get in the way of some of what we're talking about but then obviously maybe more specific all this virtual uh that, yeah that i think it's, that i think is not going away yeah yeah no i agree oh and like that relates to that but also is interesting like i will say that for for small businesses and 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 like you've never had a better moment to know your your consumer because if if you yeah. if you kind of really engage with them through social media then you can actually see what 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 they, what they need and what they matter and i'm sure that's something you talk about all the time john is like it's like you there's consumer insights that can be at your fingertips that are really remarkable i mean for you i'm sure it's really useful um you know i'm i'm on the fence so if you had told me a year ago if you talked to me i've been like yeah, put the phone down, you know, it's like, and I'm still pretty much like, put the phone down at least during, like, don't, don't have the phone in the room during dinner, or like, you know, th things like that. But I, I do know that a lot of really intimate and important conversations are happening through, through the phone. And like, and like, people are falling in love via text, or people are just picking up the phone and calling each other, which don't forget, your phone is a phone. So it's like, we, you know, we, we can, we can, we can actually have this conversation via, via phone. And, and, and often that becomes even more intimate like in in many cases i don't i don't know john like what what happened for you but like in my generation um and i, th I think we're pretty close like it's like i fell in love over the phone like that's that's how i knew it was like long late night talks where i was just yeah. like oh wow this person is enchanting you know so it's yeah. like so i i don't i don't want to just kind of like diss on new technology um, yeah. Like we're, we're engaging in a way that that well, frankly, you were probably already engaging this way um, beforehand. I, I can't imagine everybody was flying to your to nope. your studio, right? <laughs> nope. No. Yeah, I've 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 in terms of my working habits, I haven't changed a bit this year. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I believe that. So it's like you know, and and for me this morning it was really funny. I was I reached into my pocket. And I was like, usually I would reach in my pocket and I would find plane tickets and business cards. And um, and I, I I found candy corns and a ferry ticket. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, those are some great conversations I had with like parents and their kids during Halloween, you know. And like, you know, it's like so as good as far as I'm concerned. So, well, and one of the things I've noticed is that because I was using Zoom probably for four or five years, um, you know, uh, before all of this happened, um, I've gotten better at using zoom and i think sort of being forced to do it now and realizing hey this is the only conversation i might have with this person or only format i might have with this person i feel like i'm way more engaged yeah i i, I agree and it's like and, I, and i'm i'm almost feeling like and, and so there's this one-on-one -on -one, but it's like i have a, my my team i i have to say i have like a bit of an army because i have like <laughs> i have a bunch of people building a curriculum i have people building a pitch for you know television like whatever so it's a bunch of stuff and um my team has never been closer um and it's yeah. partially because we mostly were formed post pandemic and so we've we've been we've been in places where it's been really intimate you know like if, if my team has a bad day if what someone on my team is like about to thinks they're gonna get evicted um right. I'll, I'll stop everything and i'm like okay guys let's work on this person's problem and and see if we can fix it and we can get that fixed in like 10 minutes and then go on to the rest of our work and 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 that's that's the way it works so I, I think in a lot of ways if you build the right 
constraints. And and in the book, I mean, and frankly, I can we can just send you an excerpt. There's a little section that's on um, the four ways to manage hard conversations over Zoom during the pandemic, which literally we can we can we can toss your way if you if you want it. That way, that way, you really don't have to buy the book. You can just read that. And it basically it's like it's like oh, um, like let 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 the human in right now you know it's like it's like 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 see people that's it's it's really it's really important to do that yeah and i i really saw a lot of one of the things that was was painfully clear i think were the the relationships that businesses had previously with their customers really became clear um when you know it was like this business might go out of business you know, and all of a sudden customers cared about that because That's of the relationship. Right. That's was, right. Uh, was... And I mean, remember, like I have, I, I live in a very rural community. And so I would say that like everyone who could was basically like, like, you know, I, I was reaching out to the people who, cause like we, we have a hundred acres. It's like, it's not easy to navigate on, on our own. I mean, it's a, it's a ramshackle like farm from like 220 years ago. It's like, nothing's easy to navigate on your own. And yeah. so there's, there's a lot of people who help us. And we were just reaching out being like, can we pay you a year in advance? Can we do, you know, cause it's like, I think we just, we like, we don't want, we don't want our communities to fail. And so I think yeah. that's a beautiful thing that, that that's happening. Yeah, I totally agree. So uh, Fred, uh, tell us where we can find more about your work and, and certainly uh, pick up a copy of making conversation. Well, you can go to my website, makingconversation.com, and there's a portal that you can buy at any of your of your of your bookstores that you like. But you can also buy from your favorite local bookstore or Amazon. It's like and anywhere you can find. And and you can buy it or you like borrow it. I just say pick it up from somebody. But it's 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 more important that you read it than it is that you buy it. So the 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 local bookstores, you know, not all of them, but fortunately many of them have have really upped their game, you know, in the in the online space. And so they're they're um, you may not be able to get it this afternoon, but yeah, yeah no, <laughs> but you, I, you can certainly get it. I remember I have a little bookstore here that I always go to, and I remember when they were first trying to figure that out. It was like three weeks to get a book, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, and and John, you know, honestly, I'll just say one call out because like one of my favorite kind of local businesses is that like you know I, I've traveled a lot most of my life, and like independent bookstores saved my life because it's like when you were alone in a city and you didn't have anything to do, like going and just browsing books was always the most amazing thing to do. So, so really given, given the nature of, of your podcast, just go support your small local bookstores. Well, and I, I concur. Um, my favorite was even bonus was a used bookstore. Even yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's like, <laughs> don't even, I, I, I could lose, I could lose days. And, and it's probably what like kept me from like having an affair or something like that. Like, <laughs> cause I was just like, I was like, Oh, I can be distracted by books. Like that was a really good thing. So. Well, this was fun. Thanks, Fred, for stopping by the, the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. And hopefully uh, hopefully next time I'm up in uh, upper New York, uh, we'll, we'll run into each other. Yeah, it's, and, and I really enjoy your podcast. So, so thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it, John.